Hey, Fi fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with Joe Joyce. Joe, it's really good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. It's you look well. like you have some really nice light going on there. <laughs> I've got a window over, like, behind, over there. So, um, oh, really? What time? What time is it there? 7, 7 p.m.? Oh, okay. That's, a, that's some pretty nice light for being evening time. <laughs> Twilight. Was it the magic light hour or something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twilight hour or something like that? I don't know what it's yeah, called. Nice. It looks like you have like a ring light going on. Do you know what that is? Do you know like the girls use those? Halo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, one of them light things, circle light thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. On your phone. I swear you got one, haven't you? I have one. I don't have it on right now. Um, oh, okay. I have, well, I have a small one on, but it's not what, like the big one. I just didn't want to set up the big one. Um, but I have <clears throat> light coming in from that side, but it's not quite as on fleek as yours is. <laughs> yeah, take my light out. <laughs> How have you been? How are things with you? Um, yeah, good. Good, I guess. I mean, good as they can be in, in, in these times. Yeah, true. True. It's, it's, uh, how do I say it? It's challenging and, and, um, like it really kind of forces people to sort of really look at themselves, doesn't it? Like, that's the only way I can say it. It's like everything that's going on. It's like makes people, I feel like everyone's sort of going through this transition. Yeah. Say. Which, yeah. which could be a, a good thing. It, even though some people see it as a negative thing, I think it's a good thing because it sort of forces you to look yeah, at you, differently. Yeah, you definitely, you know, you have more time to yourself and or if you're like with family and you have kids and you get more time to spend with them etc and um because you've got so much more time on your hands you you can uh i don't know you you can kind of go inside and like, find out things about yourself yeah so what have you if anything what have you done that maybe have you taken up a new hobby have you done done anything or what have you learned about yourself uh having all of this extra time I think I've already gone through this uh, this this kind of stage of self quarantining myself anyway. So I know who I am, and I have. So it, it's quite a normal thing for me, but uh, it. I don't know. It just it just means I can't. Um, I didn't have uh, you know missed out on, on a, a really on my biggest fight of my career so far, and. Um, uh like i've been able to go out and about obviously on my bike and walk and running and stuff like that around here but you know the things that i miss were like swimming and because um, especially because since i've got loads of time on my hands like or like going to like a trampoline place or you know doing other activities or even eat going out to eat or going to the cinema and stuff things like that it's um it's been like quite hard and um, you know, I had plenty of time to game and stuff like that and watch films and series and stuff, but it gets to a point where you're just so bored of it. It's like, what next? I think one of the things that people are going to realize coming out of this is just being a bit more thankful for yeah. the, the freedoms that we had, the ability to just get up and go to a cafe, the ability uh -huh. to just get up and go to the gym. Now that we don't have that, I think it's, 
going to make a lot more people grateful. Yeah, and appreciate the time that they have to do these things. And, yeah. And, but what, what's a good thing is a, a lot of people, especially in the UK, they've bought um, bicycles. Mm-hmm. So a lot more people have bought bicycles to you know go out and exercise and i've seen you know kids out on the bikes and uh, you know out at the parks and mm-hmm. you know spending more time with their family whereas you know normally their parents would be working like all the time and then they might not have enough time for them so then they end up going on netflix on their ipads and stuff like that so it's um maybe got people to go outdoors more and like really appreciate just being outside yeah i know that me personally leaving my family when it's time to go back to England leaving my family is probably going to be the hardest thing because mm-hmm. I've just grown to be so adjusted to being here and I haven't had that opportunity in years and years and years to spend this much time at home so I'm seeing the silver lining in it all where are you now I'm in California oh, okay mm-hmm. and um, why is there a picture behind with no picture oh because it's a new frame oh okay <laughs> no it's an eight by ten and we have to order an eight by ten photo to otherwise all the other ones all the smaller ones have already been have already been uh filled but it's the it's the big ones we have two big ones and then there's a five by seven that still needs filling (laughs) it's funny you know that (laughs) i'm I'm in a fake house right now (laughs) yeah yeah So obviously there's been so much change. Uh, we really don't know what, where all of this is going to go in the next several months. But I know that your fight with Daniel Dubois obviously had to be postponed. Frank Warren was mentioning something about possibly September, if not October, because mm-hmm. it's, I guess they're sort of waiting on the chance to bring in uh, a crowd. They want it to be in front of a crowd. Are you prepared to let this the fight between the two of you go as long as necessary to ensure it has a crowd or is there going to be at some point where you're going to say like you said it's the the biggest fight of your career you kind of want to get this going because there are other other or other opponents that you want to that you want to face so are you okay with it writing out as long as it takes or is there at some point you're saying look if we can't we can't get a crowd by the end of 2020, we just got to get it done with. Yeah, I'm okay with it riding out. Um, so long as I've got some fights to, you know, get ready for and have a goal to to work work towards, mm-hmm. and then maybe have a couple of fights in like without a crowd, and then when there's um, when we're allowed to have a crowd, then obviously you have the have the big fight then. But yeah. you know, I'm I'm turning the. Turning 35, I was going to say 25 there, but it's rising <laughs> September, so, you know, um, I don't know, uh, better sooner rather than later. Yeah, I know. Because it works in his favour, meanwhile the clock's ticking, he's only 22, so, uh, yeah, no, there's some big fights out there, so I'm you know, just, just a bit of a, a spanner in the works, and, uh, but you know, that's life. And, you know, we have to deal with these things uh, to learn and to grow. So how are you sort of passing the, the time? I know you said that you're doing a lot of biking, but how are you keeping yourself sort of prepared for whenever this date comes? Because it is challenging. 
I can only imagine for all the fighters who are basically being told to stay ready, but they're not it's given a for date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no dates. There's no specific return for them. So it's like, uh, is that is that hard for you? Because you're not. I'm I'm imagining you're not sparring. You're not getting no. the proper training like you would normally. No, no. So yeah, yeah. How, how are you sort of, how are you doing this? Well, I'm just kind of taking it as a, I've had my kind of like holiday break period where I just, you know, put my feet up and relaxed. And and now it's, and, and, and then I started like ticking over and, you know, keeping, keeping myself active. Well, I've always been, you know, I, I like to get out and, get outside and you know do activities and stuff like that so i've been happy to do that and just like like just kind of switch off and just tick over and and just uh recover and um wait uh well wait until um you know the time's right to to properly you know go for it because then because then you can um you know go from this point to that point you don't want to get to from this point to that point and then you don't know when you're fighting so then you might start to drop off yeah, or overtrain a lot of overtrain. People, yeah, a lot of people have actually decreased in their performance when they're they've overtrained. So, um, I know that Frank Warren was talking about potential in between fights for you guys before mm -hmm. the fight between you and and Dubois. That's something you're you're obviously entertaining. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'd like to happen. Mm -hmm. And anyone in particular that you were considering or is it just literally going to be a tune-up fight um i mean i'm i'm game to fight anyone really but i mean i haven't fought for a whole year so i mean i was gonna say that you haven't fought since, <laughs> last, since last july last july yeah, yeah so i yeah, was disappointed so. with the i was disappointed twice this year it's been you see actually this this year's been a bit of a write-off Actually, Huck was actually like, technically last year. Was it supposed to be in December? But and, but then yeah, obviously then he pulled out of a hand injury, so that was a that so that sucked. And then um and then obviously things were going well, and I thought I had the bar fight, biggest fight of the career. That I was going to beat his beat his ass up, and then move on to better things. But then um, obviously this happened, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, do do the scenic route, and then come back round to fight him. Finally, uh, hopefully this year, probably it's more, probably looking more like next year. Yeah, I know. That's the unfortunate thing. I know that we're, we're talking about these big fights towards the end of the year, which I'm, I'm hoping, I hope I'm wrong, but it does kind of look like it's going to be sitting in early 2021 if mm. we continue to move at the pace that we're moving at currently. So, but again, I'm trying to be optimistic because I would love to return back to work already as well. And just not even being able to sort of attend the events or have the interaction with you guys is really mm -hmm. challenging. Um, but we do know that, well, first and foremost, tell me like what your thoughts are on Daniel Dubois. I haven't spoken to you at all since the fight got announced. I wasn't there mm -hmm. for the press conference. So tell me Why? a bit about, I was actually out of the country. Why? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I was out of the country. I'm sorry. Excuses, um, excuses. I know, I know. Shame on me. Uh, yeah, so tell me a bit about what your thoughts are on Danny Dubois because we know that Sam, your manager Sam Jones, has a lot yeah. to say about... Yeah, he, he's quite vocal on uh, 
thing, uh, certain areas of boxing, mm -hmm. or pretty much all areas. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Um, sometimes he's like, "You're not going to say it. I'm going to say it." So, we, what are yeah. your thoughts? Sorry. What are your thoughts on Daniel Dubois? Um, I don't know. He's just, uh, he's just uh, Daniel, isn't he? Like I remember him from the squad, and he he just does it. Put his, he doesn't really say much. Puts his head down, does his work, and uh, the man of few words, kind of like man of few words, it, man, it was quite vocal in the in the lead up to the fight, though, with the with the press conference and and stuff like that. So, but he's been very quiet. I haven't seen any interviews, new interviews of him, though. Mm -hmm. What you mean with me? No, 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 with Debar. Oh yeah, he's. Yeah. I don't know if he's done any recent interviews. To be honest with you, it's it hasn't been very easy getting a lot of people to do interviews. Yeah, I think he's been in the cave with a boxing bag and he's just huh, 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 hitting the boxing bag all day long. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, hopefully he is staying, you know, focused and and ready. But overall, like, have you have you guys ever sparred together over the years? Because I know a lot of you guys have already sort of yeah. shared the ring at some point. Yeah, so uh, on the TV squad, uh, he was on there mm -hmm. at the same time with me and obviously Joshua, Liz Coley, Fraser Clark. Um, Gorman and uh, what's his name? Um, <laughs> hey, I'm terrible. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. You don't Dave Allen as well. He, he mix it, mix it up and that. So there's, there's plenty of sparring up there and uh, you know, every now and again, I'd like spot we put us two, two together. But it'd, be, but it'd normally be like uh, me, Fraser Clark, and Joshua sparring mainly. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, I noticed his his strength and power, and you know, he, he had he had a he had a massive jab. Each jab was like a backhand. Mm -hmm. So he's a very strong strong fighter. Yeah, I was quite surprised when he um, when he turned pro because he. I remember like back in the day, he was asking me. Like he was talking to me about like you know thinking of turning pro, pro and whatever, and I was like, well, I mean, you could you could stay and like also compete with Fraser to get um, the top spot and go to the Olympics, or you can do a Mike Tyson and and see if you can get to the, go go for the the, cha the world championship. And he obviously pick pick plan A or B, whichever way you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. Who would you say was has been um the best sparring session you've ever had? Uh, and why? I mean, the best, like the, the most enjoyable one. Could be anything. Could have been they gave you your, I, uh, they tested you the most. It could have been mm -hmm. um, whoever, yeah, whoever taught you the most about your about yourself. It could be anything. Like who, who would you say stands out the most as the best sparring partner you've ever had? I used to love sparring with, with Joshua um, when he used to come forward at me. Uh, he's so powerful in that. And we'd like, you know, be just trading punches on the front foot. That was exciting. Also, Mike Perez, mm -hmm. when we went to Ireland before I turned pro, that was a good fight. That was, I mean, not a fight, a sparring match because he was southpaw and very sharp and uh, technical as well. That was fun. Uh, 
uh, mixing up with Tyson Fury is also quite cool. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's quite hard, hard to hit, and um, you can hit you some mad shots at mad angles, like really quick shots and that. It's tough, man. I um, I don't know. I, I just enjoy spine. It's quite hard to pick. Uh, the one I enjoyed most. Guido's uh, good to spar as well, in the same in the same camp. Especially when we was up in in Big Bear with Abel. Mm-hmm. Really good. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you just mentioned two two people who obviously their announcement. Just Johnny like, Rice is good to spar as well. Who? Quite hard to hit. Johnny Rice. Uh huh. He was in Big Bear as well. It helped me quite a lot in Vegas and in LA. It was like the best sparring partner when I first did my first camp in LA. Okay. I mean, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. When I was in Vegas, but then we took a private private jet with. Um, that's when I was still with David Hay, and then we was in LA sparring. And yeah, I think I sparred uh, Brazil and some other guy, and like it turned like I ended up. I don't know. I don't know what was happening that that day. Like. Um, Brazil sort of like, like hit him and then he started rolling around the ring like going on about his, his shoulder or whatever and then some other guy got in and was like he's a bit cocky I forget what his name is Sam, if Sam was here he'd know who he was but um, <laughs> he was sticking his chin out like showboating and that and then I just floored him <laughs> like knocked him out and he tried to get up again did his ankle fell over again and then I was like and then he was rolling around the ring for like five minutes I was like what's going on today then Brazil had to say, come on, mate, get out of the ring. And then, like, and then Johnny Rice, who luckily was there, and he did 12 rounds with me straight off. Wow. Okay. So, of, of the – obviously, you've sparred two of the top heavyweights currently. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday- Actually, Wilder, Wilder came to, the, to Sheffield, to the GB squad, but I think we just missed each other. Oh, okay. I, he didn't. He, I don't think he was. He wasn't spying any of us, with good reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> um. Now I, I'm going to have to ask you this because I'm curious. Now, granted, this was a while back, so it's it's. I know that you know there's been more or enough time to develop, and they've only gotten better over the years, just like you've gotten better over the years. But you've sparred with. Tyson Fury, and you've sparred with Anthony Joshua. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, based on what you've been able to gather in your personal experience, who you think wins the fight? Because I know that there is a deal that's been reached between Mm -hmm. the two for 2021. Um, So can I ask you who? who Um, If if you must. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. Yeah, it's a difficult one. It, obviously, it's an amazing fight. I'm glad it's going to finally be made. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever it, where it's going to be, yeah, that's another question. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, the British public wants it in Wembley Stadium. But then I guess uh, they go where the money is. So we'll see. Um, but... So obviously their attributes, uh, Joshua's can come forward and he can throw bunch uh, bunches of punches. Uh, quite and he's quick as well. He, he's got quite good. He's got good hand speed and big arms, and 
very damaging punches that you can put together. Um, he's got obviously a high guard and he's a, a unit. But he's shown um, when he fought Ruiz that he can actually go on the back foot as well. So, you know, he's got that to his game. But he's more of a, like a, a textbook kind of boxer. Whereas um, Fury's the complete opposite. He's, you know, he's got that, um, you, you know, more travel, traveler loose fighting style with his hands down and um, more elusive and uses his footwork and stuff like that. Maybe not got the physical attributes as Joshua, like the power aspect, but, you know, he's got speed and um, he's shown in fighting Wilder that he can, he can come forward with his hands up and throw some heavy lever and finish his opponent. So they could both be get they can both get in trouble. And I think Fury would be able to outbox Joshua, I think, unless he can uh, unless Joshua can like um I don't know, get on top of him and like land something land something heavy, put some stuff together. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's going to be a tough fight for both of them. So they have to come completely prepared, obviously. <laughs> obviously they will. But, um, if you had to compare, or, or if you had to choose, and if we had to base that solely off of their last performances. Yeah. Well, would- last performances, I would say Fury, straight up. <laughs> like I mean because you know with all respect to Joshua and what he's done etc cetera, etc cetera, um, it wasn't you know it wasn't a great he did what he had to do to win but it wasn't a great fight like whereas um, you know Tyson coming forward did what he said what he had to do and just took Wilder apart punched him up in his backyard, then that's a, you know, it's a different kind of statement, isn't it? Whereas, um, you know, Joshua is more a bit um, apprehensive on the back foot, just um, doing a kind of Klitschko kind of thing, just trying to keep him off him at range, etc. Do you feel that Deontay Wilder can beat Tyson in the third fight? Or do you feel that uh, or maybe it doesn't interest you anymore. Um, it hasn't quite got the, it hasn't quite got the hype and the, you know, it's kind of like a formality fight. Mm-hmm. Just because he, you know, he's got the rematch clause, but I thought he beat him the first time, uh, Tyson bought, beat him the first time on points. And then the second time he just punched him up. So on the, th- the third time, but you never know, Wilder might come back and knock him out, knock his spark out, like because uh, he, he, you know, he's a, a, a compet- you know, he's competitive, former WBC world champion. So he's gonna from that fight, he's gonna <clears throat> look back and see what he needs to improve, and you know, hopefully come with something better, and you know, and not just relying on his right hand. To finish the job, so it might be it might be uh, an interesting third fight, but then, yeah, I'm just excited to to see the um, AJ Fury. What happens if um, if Wilder beats Fury? 
does that mean that he would the fight still happen with AJ? Or I, would it... I actually don't know what the clauses are currently in, upon the agreement, but I'm pretty sure that that fight goes out the door because if the goal is to is to unify the division, the it would, yeah, yeah, you have to go with you know the winner of that fight. So that would be interesting to find out the the specifics of what the contract indicate or or the agreement indicates because I don't I don't quite know if it's it can't really be a contract right now because they don't have a venue they don't have a date but they can yeah. have an agreement in place. Mm-hmm. So I'm not quite sure what what that entails at the moment. We shall have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I know that Deontay recently when he did an interview he said that he did not consider Tyson Fury to be the champion Mm -hmm. um do you take that as in he's basically saying you know he's he's just holding my belt at the moment or do you take that as in um or can take that as in not giving the credit when deserved Maybe. I mean, it's uh, maybe it's quite a hard pill for him to swallow. I, I mean, you know, he had the, you know, his whole body armor, uh, you know, bronze bomber outfit on. And he said, he's saying that that might have had some effect, maybe psychology, psychologically. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, in an ideal world, what what the boxing fans would want to see would want to happen is to for Wilder just to step step aside so we can see the, the see who's going to be unified. You see who's going to unify the division, and then he get the winner of that fight. That would be pretty. Yeah, massive. that would be pretty massive. I just don't see Wilder stepping aside unless, God forbid, there's some sort of injury or something happens along the way with sparring um which happened or not sparring but with training as obviously you know it, it happens all the time so aside from something like that i just don't really see unfortunately that fight being next but i can't see that being like if you let tyson and aj fight and then you get the winner of that fight like a guarantee I'll take the I'll take the winner or the loser of that fight. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, it's like I think it's a better setup ultimately. Uh-huh. Um, another thing is uh, AJ obviously recently has been under heavy scrutiny for something he said. Um, some people feel like he's it's being taken out of context. Others mm-hmm. are feeling offended. When I'm not sure if you've heard it or not, yeah. but if you have, what was Come your? On, I've had a lot of time to uh, look and research stuff and whatever, whatever. So <laughs> I know what's going on. Hands, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just curious to get your opinion of uh, of his opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, to do with the the um, the. Uh, the protests and the um, speech that he said. Well, I mean, he's, I think he's might have been taken out of context a bit because he, you know, he was given a strip, a script to read, but then it didn't help his comments afterwards. He could have, he could have said, you know, afterwards, like, um, 
I was reading for a, a script. I didn't mean to offend anyone or whatever, whatever. But I don't know. Maybe you could have handled it a bit better. But I mean, he's only human, and people make mistakes, mm -hmm. whatever. So it's sort of like you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Whenever it comes to anything, especially when it's politically related, when it has anything to do with religion, um, you're always going to be. I've I've always been told you have a 50% chance of people hating what you're saying or 50% chance of people loving what you're saying. So yeah. no matter what, again, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Um, but the, the sort of abuse he's receiving at the moment, um, do you feel that people feel that they're entitled to feel the way that they do? Because some people felt as if it, it came off racist and Others feel that it was, again, taken out of context. Yeah. I think he said um, something similar before. Mm -hmm. But so I don't really know. Question mark on that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you, you know, I guess because Joshua's so like, me, like media trained and, you know, he has a big responsibility and he has a whole lot of people watching him. So he needs to be careful what he does. And he's been built as, you know, such a good role model and et cetera, et cetera. So it's hard to, so I don't know, maybe he's the way how he's been perceived by the media and stuff. He, it, maybe he's not being true to his, his self. Mm -hmm. And maybe when he's starting to be true to himself, that maybe people aren't are seeing a different side to him. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, as good as anyone, that when you're in the public eye, it's, um, it's like you're walking on eggshells because, again, you're always going, someone's not always going to agree with you. Like, I, I put up posts about UFOs and really weird stuff and um, religion. Like I, I don't consider myself religious. I consider myself spiritual mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, people so. are pretty offended by those things. Like anytime you put up anything that goes against their belief system, yeah, you're going to get a reaction to it. Even if your intention was good, even if you yeah. meant harm and you, you really honestly meant nothing by it other than you were just voicing what you felt inside. Do you feel that it's been a struggle even for yourself to be very cautious of not being able to sort of show too much of who you are, really who you are yeah. because of that? Yeah. Cause I guess I, some, I sometimes post stuff like that and especially with all what's happening with, you know, the, um, with uh, Floyd and, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that and the riots and stuff and uh, <clears throat> like you're you know you're there's loads of people posting stuff and you're seeing lots of different things so sometimes you want to share this information as well but um but then afterwards like sometimes you think should i put that up and then you get like comments of people like uh, like reacting a certain way and mm. i don't know or you get like dms of people and stuff like that so you have to be a little bit careful with what you put up but at the same time it it restricts that it's hard to explain but it's like you want to be able to express who you are because yeah. you feel like fans 
love their, like, especially when it comes to athletes, they really admire athletes on a completely different level, in mm -hmm. my opinion. And they want to feel like they know you. They want to yeah. feel like they can connect with you, relate to you, feel like your struggles are, are their struggles and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, especially today, you can't say anything without it being misconstrued. Or yeah, and I think the, um, uh, the freedom of speech is kind of, it's not really that way anymore. I think, um, you know, a lot of people are being censored and, you know, their accounts being uh, yeah. taken off completely or, you know, videos that they've uploaded or whatever has, has been taken down and to try it like, for instance, I don't know, to, it's a bit like, you know, big brothers watching and, um, you know, trying to control what people are seeing and you can't really say exactly what you want or put up whatever you you're thinking or feeling or, or sharing information because, you know, it could, um, you know, it could be taken down. You could be, uh, and, and also people, the way people perceive you will can be in danger of I don't know. Yeah. And Pete and yeah, I, I'm not very good at talking, but <laughs> I mean, I try. <laughs> I, I completely get what you're saying because it is hard to explain because there's so many different avenues that you can take with this conversation. And, and, but when you said big brother, I completely agree. I've actually used that. The Truman that, Show. Uh, <laughs> huh? The Truman Show. Yeah. Yes. Like okay. you're being watched and everything is being monitored and it needs, if it doesn't go the way it's supposed to be going, then something intervenes to make it go back to that, that direction, which is obviously the, a big reason why we are sitting in, in the position that we're sitting in today with Black Lives Matter and and uh, police brutality. And even when it comes down to feeling like we're losing our rights to be able to walk out our door, see our families, mm. go to funerals, attend graduations, there's just so much going on at the moment that, and of course, naturally everyone's gonna have an opinion about it. And I always say, whenever someone wants to say something to me, I always say, I respect your opinion. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because again, yeah. 50% chance of being right and a 50% chance of being wrong. And it depends on who's listening. That is who, who's going to decide who's right or wrong. It's all down to opinion at the end of the day, mm -hmm. but it, it is a touchy one because yeah. you say that you say something and no matter what happens, you have a 50% chance of offending someone. So sometimes I like to sit certain things out because I don't feel like, I, cause I'm not, my intent isn't to harm anyone or overlook someone else's feelings just because I have an opinion on it. So sometimes I choose to be a bit that way, but I also found that I'm not really showing myself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because how could you show yourself if you're withholding who you really are because yeah. of, of not wanting to offend people or not wanting to say the wrong thing? Because offend, remember, one person could take offense to it while the other one agrees. So when I say offend, I don't mean intentionally saying something harmful that you know is yeah. going to piss someone off. 
No. You know what I mean? So I get what you're yeah. saying. It's hard to explain because it is. Or they can't be, or they're not quite ready for the information, etc. Or yeah, I believe in cognitive dissonance a hundred percent. Like sometimes, and, and uh, obviously the you know the technology and the internet is you know this is a great information age, and you know a whole we um, show our whole lives and our views and our opinions etc. And um, what's good about, I mean the technology is that you know people on their smartphones can re record actually what's going on what they're seeing and then um you know it it shows people what's actually going on and it and also it, shows what's being hit what was being hidden yeah in the all past. along uh -huh. what was being covered up all along like i've seen video like there was a video about a month ago a hispanic man in los angeles what there was two cops and he was being hit like the, the cop was just hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. and the guy wasn't fighting back he was just you know kind of ducking and he was hitting him and hitting him and hitting him and it was this this person hidden away who's recording from their window a window or porch or whatever but the police yeah. didn't know they were being recorded and again that's that's the issue that we're seeing at hand is all along what have we been what has been hidden, what has been been lied to. Um, I always like to say, because you and I are similar age, I'm, I'm 35, so. Um, I'm nearly, nearly there this September. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm 36 next month, so I'm a little older than you, Woo! but um, I know, I know. Ah, but I always, I always refer it back to, do you remember when we were in school, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have computers until about high school time. Mm -hmm. So uh, before that, everything that we <laughs> I I mean, you'd have to wait for the page to load. Like what? <laughs> it was AOL. Remember? That yeah. Was... So I still got my original email from my first email <laughs> from the uh, yeah. Yahoo one. And then they had the computers. Cool. They look like those big bubbles from Apple. Remember they had like oh, what the, the, the what the big screen? It's just a the screen and no. It was oh no, I think. Normal screen, but it had a huge like big square thing. Oh yeah, and the back was like like that. <laughs> the Apple ones had um, like different colors, like neon, uh, green, and all these crazy colors. Do you remember those? I remember the apples that were like uh, it was like it was just like a big t it was just like a big TV, and you could like see through it. It was transparent. Some of them were transparent, yeah, but they had yeah, but it was the whole thing. It was the whole thing that was is yeah. a whole is. The TV and the the monitor and the yeah. PC in yeah. one. I know you're talking about. Yeah. So back then, that's what we started to get. I think I was like a sophomore, if not a junior. No, I think I was a sophomore. Anyways, but, but technology has come has come along so fast. Like mobile phones, for instance. Yeah. But then we're still using we're still using gas in our cars. <laughs> Well, it's because it makes money. So remember, you got to remember anything that makes money in this world is going to continue. It's anything that is natural is always going to be suppressed. And that's because it doesn't make us money. So, mm. and I say us, not as in us, but as in like pharmaceutical companies and oil companies and so forth. But my mm. point is, is that back in those days, up until we started to get the internet, we were always, um, we were only given either newspapers or textbooks and in the textbook we believed verbatim what we were being told 
Okay. Mm -hmm. We had nothing. We had no other way to question what we were being told. So whatever. And then, history, and then when we get back home, that like, especially for us here, we only had four channels mm -hmm. on the TV. And then it was, then they added the fifth one. And now there's like so many channels and but I don't even watch TV anymore. I've got my PC, my computer, I've got my PlayStation with like yeah. <laughs> Netflix and whatever all them uh, services, Amazon. But like back then. But anyway, ca carry on. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's fine. <laughs> but back then we were basically told what to believe. And we believed yeah. it because that was what we were taught in school. We didn't have any other reason to question what was being told to us, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. So now as an adult, and I'm able to kind of Google. Yeah, and, and most people get their news from social media. Yeah, but, but even then, like, now when I look back on what I was taught in school to now, because I know it's different from, you know, England to America, but what I was taught about history in America was completely false. Mm-hmm. I was like, that didn't happen. It didn't go down like that because now you have, we're in the age of information. Now yeah. you can learn. You know, so you could, you could get. You've got a question, ask uh, Google. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even, even if you ask uh, Alexa and other, and other AI technology, you'll mm -hmm. be amazed at the responses you get on certain things because that's the truth. And so basically we're in a, we're in an age of truth. We yeah, can that's learn. that's next AI. Hopefully, it's not going to be um, Judgment Day, and there's going to be <laughs> some team, whatever, one thousand, whatever they got. But I'm actually really fascinated with all of it, and I love learning. And I understand it's challenging to when you learn stuff that goes against what you were always taught to believe. But I think that it's so important that we take the time, especially now more than ever, to really start looking at the facts. Because I heard. Um, I heard a saying and it la I laughed at it. It said, facts don't care about your feelings. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if it offends you, it's not, there's nothing you could do about it. it facts don't care about your feelings. Facts are facts. So. And thoughts it, are things. <laughs> huh? And thoughts are things. Yeah. There's so many things that we're learning now in this generation that can forever change the world in a positive way. Uh -huh. in, in, in if, if we can learn to do that because if we can learn to remove emotion from the way we react at times I think uh -huh. we can accomplish as humanity we can accomplish so much um, but emotion can't I, be involved and I think um, you know people like uh, like to hang on to you know what they you know what their truths are what they believe but if there's a different thing like the, the new comes to light, it's quite hard to let go of something that you've been like so strongly hold, holding on to. This is what I believe. But then like when someone tries to challenge your belief, then it's quite hard to let go and, you know, have a, uh, an empty cup to be able to, uh, or like a, a way to like change what they believe is truth. Did you know that that's called cognitive dissonance? Oh yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. oh. that's what that means that means that when someone has such core beliefs in something and learns um that it's not what they've always believed it was mm -hmm. uh that often times mo more, more cases than not people reject the information even if it's factual even if it's right there in front of them telling them what it is 
they don't want to hear it because it goes against everything they've been taught to believe, which is fine. And I think that's a natural reaction initially, but I think it's important in order to see growth with humanity that we each, all of us have an open mind. I think that's why, like I've learned so much recently. I want to say in the last six months, the amount of information that I've learned. Because there's a lot of new discoveries, but then they don't, they don't get, um, put out there on on the news like here we've made a new discovery so it means that all these other theories or things that like people know as fact are actually wrong and like we've actually grown and moving forward this kind of um like suppressed yeah um, with the internet and all this information available at your fingertips you kind of like learn more things and it's it hasn't quite caught up with like the, you know the mainstream hasn't really caught up with what's actually out there well no i i want to i want to say mm -hmm. that i believe the mainstream is aware but um it's, it's very hard to it's very controlled so yeah. again back to textbook we were told what to believe we didn't I think then they didn't realize. And what's, and what's going to happen to all those authors that wrote those textbooks and there's like new information, they're going to have to rewrite them or those books are not valid anymore. I don't know. They haven't been, they haven't been in some cases, some stories, I'm not saying all, but in, in some cases, especially in history, uh, been very incorrect. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen it changed. And do I think the time will come where I think that we're in ability I think we're in a transitional phase yeah. where, uh, you know, it's going to have to come out eventually, isn't it? And I think it's just a question of when everyone's ready, then we can uh, we can move forward and uh, come, to, you know, have a, a a beautiful future. Yeah. Do you believe in aliens? Uh, well, I think the politically correct term would be extraterrestrials. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you believe in it or no? Yeah, I think there's life everywhere in the universe. Mm -hmm. The only reason I I'm believe, asking... I believe there's life everywhere in the universe. <laughs> the reason I'm asking, because I'm super big on that, and um, this, this, you're on episode 12. I'm only doing 13 episodes for my season one of my podcast, which obviously features people strictly from the boxing community, but season two is going to be focused on non-boxing topics and one of the things that i'm going to heavily talk about uh are some of the things that we were just talking about now you know mm -hmm. and uh oh yeah yeah I'll, i'm going to, to come yeah. in there, but. good 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 to know because not everyone's not everyone's into it or open-minded about it and it's okay if you don't believe it i just like to have conversations with people who are open-minded to the conversation because then you can actually they might ask questions back and maybe i might know something that you don't know and you might know something i don't know so it's a good you feed off of each other you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah so that'll be good i'll get you on well, when we start well, talking. I, I, I do know a lot i don't say a lot though but i think when you're overflow like overflowing with information it starts to come out doesn't it mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's also pretty interesting because I know a lot of other people like to talk about it, but 
I haven't quite gone down that route yet because I've had people ask me, I thought you said on your podcast, you're going to start talking about, you know, this and that. And I'm like, I, I do, I do want to, but I want to but do you have you. to. But then again, you have to be careful what you say. Otherwise yeah. you can get taken down. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. No, that's very true. You can't talk about a lot of certain things at the moment, but hopefully with the lawsuits that are occurring and hopefully now that, um, there's been an executive order signed by our president uh, in terms of uh, online censoring. Hopefully, mm -hmm. that will change. In, in yeah, because I, I know, like in uh, I noticed in China, like the you know the government have complete control of the internet, and you can't even go on things like Instagram or Facebook and things like that. They've got it like proper locked down. So mm -hmm. um, I hope that is not what's happening now. Well, we could really go into biblical terms and things of that nature, but I'd rather save that for season two. <laughs> <laughs> Stay, <laughs> to be continued. Stay tuned for season Stay tuned. two. Yeah, and then we will have this conversation because I have learned a lot about that as well in, in terms of what's going on over there and sort of how it's mirroring the the start of what's happening here so but we will get into that eventually but i'm going to wrap it up right now thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to even sit and talk to me um hopefully hopefully lord willing we will get back to our normal events and everyone seeing each other again and um i guess sort of molding to the new norm Mm -hmm. No, because I don't think it's ever going to quite go back to being the same. Yeah. And hopefully better and better. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Hopefully, you're right. If we don't go back to our norm, it'll be a better norm for us, a more advanced, um, I don't know, it, it just, just us being, I guess, better people overall, being nicer to each other, being... Uh, helping other people, understanding that right now we're all one in the same, we're all hurting exactly the same, and we're all going through very, very similar situations. So yeah. with, with definitely, that. Could definitely make it more of a community where everyone's like helping each other. And Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and hopefully less about profits and more about, you know, helping humanity build and grow and learn and, um, you know, have, have some balance and harmony. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, uh, let's stay tuned for season two. We have one more episode. I have Sarah Beverly coming up uh, for episode 13. And then after that, um, I will begin season two with nothing but quote unquote conspiracy theory stuff, as, they, as people like to call it. Dun, dun. <laughs> fun. But thank you for taking the time out. And um, I'll speak with you soon. Yeah. Yeah. All welcome. right. Bye. Take Bye, Fi fans. Hey, Fi fans. It's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do so by clicking this icon right here or else.